All right, mate. I think we're good. Adam Petey, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Um, well, I would say good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't actually uh, break my foot the other day, but otherwise, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I appreciate you doing this, man. It's, uh, it's a kind of a quick one, and um, thank you. I know it's a tough time, so uh, let's kind of get into it. Where, where are you, first of all? I'm at home. I'm in my office, actually, just uh, oh. clearing off a lot of things of obviously i flew back from tenerife early so i'm clearing off a lot of things that were well needed my attention i guess and uh well i might as well use this time <laughs> whilst i can wow is the is the group still down in tenerife yes yes they're still in until sat well till tomorrow so saturday they fly home so i flew home about three days early um because yeah there was no point in me being out there if you know i had this obviously well, mate, just um, kind of talk us through it. Like, what, what was the events? What happened exactly? How did it go down? Well, I <laughs> I basically was doing it like a side lunge. And then what happened was I went over on it. And normally, like, oh, you brush it off. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, it's only a, it's only a little bit of a niggle. I uh, just rolled it. I've rolled my ankle hundreds of times uh, throughout my life and never, ever had any problems. But I knew this one was different because it made a little bit of a crack or a snap sound, um, mm. which isn't good. <laughs> no. And then I kind of went straight back onto the machine row, was really angry with myself. I was like, why have I just rolled my ankle? Because even if you roll your ankle, it's not serious, it's still annoying. Uh, so I went back on the machine row, taking all the anger out. And I was like, oh, my ankle actually kind of hurts here. <laughs> but then I still ignored it and I went straight to the core bit, did a bit of core. And I was like, okay, I need to actually look at this. So I took my finger off. There was no swelling there was no kind of immediate thingy and um i got a ride down the hill basically in t freeze up a hill i didn't want to walk down to the hotel and uh got a ride down to the hotel and mel said take the afternoon off just in case and then i had an mri the next morning at about 7 30 uh and an x-ray and then as soon as we saw that uh, i kind of sent it to the british women team um and they were like yeah you fractured it pretty much uh, we've sent this on to four other people and they've confirmed it and then since then, we've just been making a plan to adapt. Um, obviously, you know, announced it on, I think it was Wednesday, announced that I had a fracture in my foot. So it's only been two days, really, I've had to come to come to terms with not being at the World Championships. But at the same time, I think it could also be a blessing in disguise. Um, I never believe in wholly negative situations. Um, I always feel like there is a silver lining uh, if you look for it uh, hard enough. So we're just dealing with that now and uh, dealing with the rehab, dealing with, you know, how do we get back to full fitness? Yeah, mate, crazy. So I guess you were holding some dumbbells at the time of the side lunge, is that right? <laughs> no, oh. I was doing nothing. I was just literally doing a side lunge and it's like it's oh. assisted, resisted. So you, it's basically working the adductors. Um, oh. So really important exercise for breaststroke. And then it just went over and, you know, it just happens, doesn't it? Wow. God. Which, which bone is it exactly? Because when I looked at the x-ray, I was like, all right, there's a lot of bones and I couldn't really tell. But It's the fifth metatarsal and that was an MRI scan. So you can't really tell, but the, it's the fifth metatarsal on the outside. So if you rush, obviously, you know, get back into the, what I've been on, I've been advised that if you rush it, it could be painful for the rest of your life. Um, mm. And it could be painful for breaststroke because, you know, you're like this, aren't you? So, mm. you know, it's, it's not one of those things which you can, unfortunately, train with in the short term, but we're going to find new ways to adapt our training and uh, overcome it. Matt, I did see in your in your um, 
little note that you put out that you you said you hadn't really dealt with injury before that's pretty fascinating to, for someone like you who's who works so hard and has, has had such a, a great career that you've never really dealt with anything like this i've had a like a bicep thing in 2018 just before commies um it was, it was pretty much all the way down here mm. into my shoulder into my rotator cuff um but i wouldn't really count that as an injury that was more of a niggle um that was just kind of hindering my performance it didn't stop me Mm. Um, but it took a few months to kind of work around it but now i've been fortunate enough that i've never really had um, this is my first boner broken um first proper thing that's actually almost disabled me <laughs> um <laughs> but you know at the same time you know as athletes i think you're going to be very lucky aren't you if you don't you know have an injury in your whole life yeah yeah D it doesn't seem like this is a thing that will kind of put you on the couch for six weeks. Am I correct there? Are you, are you still able to do some type of exercise, maybe upper body or even some lower body? So we're working with that now, uh, looking at how we can maintain the aerobic capacity. Um, I can obviously do gym, uh, but nothing on my legs. So if you do, I did a bench press this morning mm. and I was, uh, I was basically on my back with my feet up just in case, you know, when you do bench press, sometimes you, you feel like you're putting the, power right. down into your feet for stabilization yeah. so everything we've got to do we just got to be you know extra careful it's not gonna kind of get me on the couch for six weeks because that isn't me you know I'm, i want to see progress i want to see you know where can i improve on um, um but that next two weeks from monday we're gonna have a full program the british swimming team have worked really hard to make sure that i can still do stuff mm. uh, and have you know been very clever and very uh adaptable in what we can do so yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'll be updating YouTube and updating kind of uh, Instagram so people can follow that uh, little journey. But yeah, I mean, it is going to be four weeks. I think this boot's going to be on for four weeks. I won't be able to drive for four weeks, um, mm. maybe three if I'm lucky. So it is enough to be significant uh, in terms of preparation for Commonwealths and Europeans. Obviously, it's big enough that I can't do Worlds. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what we have to do now. We just have to be adaptable. Sorry, which leg was it? The right or the left? The right. So my front, it's my driving foot. So like, oh. uh, and obviously my front foot on the dive as well. So it's <laughs> no dives either. Oh, wow. Dang. So it's kind of it's your dominant leg, I'd guess. Is that, yeah. if you have a dominant leg, that would be it, right? That is it, yeah. Is that the one you kick a football with? Yeah, very badly, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just side note, which is your football team? Well, it depends where I go in the country. It's Forest if I'm in East Mids. Um, <laughs> but then if I'm going back home, it's got to be Stoke, hasn't it? But, you know, I grew up in, I grew up, uh, my dad you know, loves Stoke. And I grew up in a school where it's either Stoke or Port Vale. So <laughs> it's, uh, I don't really follow it too much, though. I'm uh, either too busy or, well, too busy. Yeah, but you are a British superstar. So I'm so, sure you've been in circles with some of those guys. Have you Have you had a chance to kind of, make friends with any any of those high profile football players yeah i mean uh sport in the uk is, is quite fortunate that you know you get to you know a lot of people uh and the kind of sporting world because we are relatively a small country people know each other um and you kind of share thoughts you share opinions and especially when it comes to olympics you all come together so yeah there is a few guys that i do know but you know is what it is isn't it yeah yeah um i was going to say uh 
you know, in that situation, those types of guys deal with injuries all the time. And, and in a situation like this, I, I always say to people who do get an injury is like, you know, reach out to someone who's had something similar or they've gone through something similar or, you know, even somebody that's dealt with an injury in terms of the psychology. Have you had people reach out to you who have said, you know, I've gone through something similar yet or is it still too early? Honestly, Brett, I've put my phone down a little bit. Um, right. I don't want to see any socials. I don't want to see any kind of WhatsApps. I don't want to see anything just yet because it's still, you know, devastating for me. It's still mm. really, it's like a, you know, it's very raw. Mm. So I don't want to kind of take advice and then forget it. And, you know, I want to be kind of um, productive with anything I'm given. And obviously the support is there, um, especially, you know, people I know, my family and my friends and my fans um but yeah i mean at the moment it's still very raw i'm i'm, I'm stepping stepping away from that a little bit and i'll come back to that in a few days um but i mean yeah i mean it's, it's one of those things isn't it because every athlete has a different story mm. uh, this is the first i want to say the first part no i wouldn't say my first adversity but it's my one of my hardest parts at the moment because normally if there's a hard situation i can physically and mentally get through it um or you know from physically down my brain and my mental ability can take me if my brain or my mental abilities down my my body can take me but on this if i work harder on my on my brain and my mental side that you know i, I physically can't move it so right. it's, it's very different um but i mean you know you look at phelps i think it was what was it oh seven oh eight where he um i think he uh, had a wrist injury or something like that mm. and you look at all the other athletes um who have had injuries and how they've overcome that every athlete has their own story and you know, at this moment, I'm just using this to, you know, look at my weaknesses, get better, and uh, hopefully achieve more. What are the world champion? What do they mean to you, mate? Like uh, someone who's as dominant as you and someone who has had so much success, what what do they actually mean to you now? What, what are you going to the world championships to actually do? Well, before... I mean, winning is obvious, right? Yeah. I mean, winning's, <laughs> winning's yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing, but it's like, yeah. it, it's more than that, I would think, right? I mean, sport for me, ever since 20, probably 2018, has always been about inspiring people and trying to get the best out of other people. If that makes sense, that you perform to show the world that you can, you perform to show that the human body can go extremely far and extremely hard, and that you can show people that it's not impossible just because people say it's imp uh, impossible. So mm. it's breaking down the barriers of, you know that kind of impossible narrative and looking at how far the human body can go the, you know the excellence the obsession with excellence and you know and putting that together so the world championships for me have always been yes of course is to win of course they're to chase world records i'm not gonna try and hide that you know a lot of athletes don't like to put that pressure on themselves but of course i'm going out to win i wouldn't go there to come second that's you know mm -hmm. that's not in my that's not in my mindset one day i might do but I've still not gone there to come second, you know? Um, and I think a lot of athletes go with that mentality, uh, but I make sure that I'm 110% ready, 110% prepared um, and physically fit. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not now. Um, but for me, my Commonwealth and Europeans this year will be that, that. Yes, I've had a setback, which may cost me five, six weeks preparation on top of the five months I've had off. But I know I've got the ability and I've been given something that is, I've got to utilise. I've got to utilise this gift that I've been given to, push my body and push my brain 
so other people feel inspired and can take something away from that because that's what sport is it's how it makes other people feel and they want a little glimpse of that moment right of how it makes them feel well i mean honestly mate um this this is a blessing in disguise i guess in that sense because you are going to inspire a lot of people now you know they're, they're going to see a side of you that they've never seen before they've seen the the killer they've seen the winner uh, they've seen the champion and now they're going to see the guy that is able to rise up and um and come back and that's going to be inspiring you're going to, you're going to reach a whole nother level of people now as well i think which is going to be like i said it's a blessing in disguise it's not something you want to celebrate right now and uh embrace but um it's through this process that's certainly going to happen mate oh thank you and i think um that's why it's important that one i don't get too down about myself but i also feel the hurt feel the hurt of seeing someone else win um mm -hmm. an event i want to be in and i want to be there and i want to be physically fit i think i'm gonna i'm gonna feel that but also use that and utilize that and um, mm -hmm. because you know when you do get to a part where you are eight years, seven years undefeated and you haven't, you know, been beaten or in a major championships anyway. Mm -hmm. It does become a little bit, okay, why am I doing this? What is my why? What is my purpose? Right. And that is something I've struggled with a lot. Um, and that's why I took so long off after Olympics to find that. I didn't find it. And literally only the last few days, I'm like, oh, that's what it means to me now. Um, so again, it's another silver lining. And maybe you know, more people will follow this now that I've had this bit um, but I'm not afraid to be open. I'm not afraid to, you know, say that, you know, I am devastated. I'm extremely sad. And I'm, but at the same time, I can overcome this little bit of a blip. Um, mm. But it's already making me feel extremely hungry for something I've not felt hunger for for a, a very, very long time. Right. Yeah, I imagine. Is this going to affect, like you said, the, uh, the Europeans and the Commonwealth at all? Or are you still on track for those, you think? I really hope not, um, because Commonwealths will be my last home games because I can't see any other championships being in the UK in the, in the near future anyway. So I want to be there. Um, and Birmingham is literally 40 minutes from my house. So that you don't get much better than that. You don't get much of home games like that. Um, and it's obviously Team England. That's where it's all started for me. Um, so I want to be there, but I'm going to go under the advice of the medical team, under the advice of Mel. Uh, and everyone else who has input into you know what I'm doing because even though you know I may have four years left, I may have five years, six years left, but I'm still thinking long term that I don't want to, I don't want this foot thing to you know carry on for the rest of my life. So what may cost me two weeks um, may cost me twenty years, you know. So it's it's all that investment and thinking about big picture. And I'm aiming and hopefully will be at Commonwealth. I can't see why I wouldn't on the the plan that I've been given. But mm -hmm. everyone's different. Everyone's different. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. 
Mate, you have one of the best coaches in the world in, in Mel Marshall. She's just phenomenal, mate. Um, I couldn't be any more impressed with a coach. Um, brilliant, brilliant woman. Uh, how did she, how did she react to this? How, how, what was her first kind of reaction? I think we're very, well, both very upset um, initially. Well, still not upset because it was always going to be a great feat kind of trying to get to fitness as fast as possible in January. So we went straight to Florida and that's when my first started training really since Olympics um, in terms of getting to swimming, doing 5K back to back uh, and getting the kind of everything going. Uh, so we literally had three months into March, into Marseille, and I went 59.7 or 59.8. Um, and I was like, okay, that's not where I need to be. I need to work a little bit smarter. I need to, need to work a bit harder. But Mel was like, you know, you've only been training back for 12 weeks. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's very fast for 12 weeks work. And we went into April. I was like, right, we can't really afford any taper. Not really. We had like a week, I think, just a little bit lower load and but that's extremely challenging because i got i had an illness for two weeks i'd like i caught some kind of flu <laughs> so this year has been like one of those things where it's we're trying to get everything right but something always is out of our mm. control mm. but we've we've been resilient we've gone you know what even though i am i'm still going to race at trials okay even though i've done this uh i'm still going to race i'm still going to train um, mm. and we've been just chasing chasing the dragon every single day working extremely hard because we've had to, we've had to think about absolutely everything. And the amount of hard work that's gone in the last five months has been, you know, unparalleled. It's been, I've been working extremely hard, but also extremely well. I'm getting the results mm. quick. Mm. Um, and I'm enjoying it. You know, enjoyment for me is something that has also been missing last season. So I've got that back and I'm in, I'm loving it. But we both sat down after this and I was trying to hide it, how upset I was. Cause I was like, okay, I just need to get home and just, you know, think about it logically, but we both had sat there and cried because the amount people don't understand the amount of work that goes into mm. the world championships or at least fast tracking the world championships. Like, okay, I've got five months to get ready, six months to race. Um, how do I do it? And that takes an enormous amount of emotional and physical and mental energy that you know a lot of people wouldn't be able to do. So I sacrificed absolutely everything um, to be at these games and or the championships, but. You know, that, that kind of adversity will set us up, I think, for the next you know, few runs now. And, um, and I do feel it. I feel it. And I'm going to use that now when I, you know, on those times where you're like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this as well or I'm going to manage that. It almost brings up that hunger of 2015, 2016, mm -hmm. um, which I've, you know, I've missed. Yeah, is is that the time? Like to me, there was a there was a point in your career where you created separation with the rest of the world. It was almost like you took a jump forward, and the rest of the world took this like, oh, like oh, what the hell just happened kind of thing. So, is that the time of of you know your period of your career where you felt like that happened? I think so. Yeah, I think twenty fifteen seeing Cameron um, go out on that first fifty, and I touched the wall. I was like, oh, I'm winning here. And then I turned and I saw his feet as off, like, damn. Like, <laughs> um, so I, I was like, I've got to put an, an amazing back end here to win it. And I did, only just. And, um, like, very, very fine. And I, I said to myself after that, two weeks after, three weeks after, when I went back to training, that I wasn't going to allow that at the Olympics. Uh, and that's going to require a different amount of hunger and a different amount of work and a different level of commitment and intelligence. And mm. I came back into that 2016 as, like, I was just a man on fire. Um, 
and that was where hunger is the that's that's the extra chemical that when you've been doing something for so long and you've been victorious and successful doing it the hunger gets less and less each season mm. um and you 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 are winning so there's no reason to have that hunger and that's why a lot of athletes fall off if they're successful but the ones that separate themselves are the ones that can keep winning no matter what but also the ones that can have that reason why and the reason you know what is the purpose what is the the hunger what what has annoyed you <laughs> in mm. a sense because look at michael jordan right <clears throat> he had to almost create situations and scenarios where he was annoyed and he was right. using that raw emotion mm. uh so he'd make up scenarios in his head because that is the hunger um mm. but now i've got a real scenario that has really really hurt me and really agitated me and i'm sure watching the world championships uh when i do that's gonna you know set off another another flame but you know we've just got to take each day as it comes right now yeah you do mate but i i just want to jump back to that real quick because i'm fascinated in this type of thing mate um in terms of how athletes get get personal separation from themselves in a way you know when I did this in my own career and I'm sure, um, you know, anyone that kind of gets to the top level at some point has, has that moment that kind of you had with Cameron, I guess, where you came back and you're like, I got to do something different here. I got to be better than this. And so I want to, I want to kind of analyze maybe some practical things that you actually did, you know, from, from the person that you were to the person that you became, how, how do you, go through that metamorphosis where it's like you you become so much better than you were almost overnight like almost in a season type thing and and like i said it's happened to me so what what can we learn from that practically where we could tell other people like you could do this as well if you really make this type of commitment you know what i mean yeah you um people think that it's a complicated answer but it's really not mm -hmm. like oh you've got all these kind of things that you've got to manage and perform at but as soon as you start treating things binary, so something's going to make me faster, something's going to make me slower. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Very, very simple. And follow your instinct and follow your heart, follow your mind, calculate it. Is it worth it? Because some days you may choose that slower because tomorrow it may make you faster. So that's where it gets a little bit complicated. But I mean, everyone's different, right? Everyone requires different things. You know, sometimes I like to spend hours on my own in a room uh, doing stuff and just doing my hobbies because I know that's good for me. I know that's, yeah. you know, something that's going to pay its dividend tomorrow or the next week where some people need to be social. So I think for me is I got the balance really, really well in 2016, mm -hmm. but hard work and the sessions were always a priority always. And of course you've got commercial opportunities. You've got to, you know, work with your partners to maximize both of your uh, investment, yeah. but at the same time that, you know, you've got to make sure that hard work is always number one. The hard work is something that is a non-negotiable. Um, and I just followed Mel's lead on that. So I'm pretty sure she'll be able to give a, a very detailed analysis on the sets and the work I was putting in. But it was brutal, you know. I remember going to Australia and we're doing some absolutely incredible sets, like real, real nasty pieces of work. But I always, after the set, I was like, right, I'm going to do three more sets. I'm going to do four more sets. Um, wow. You wouldn't get away with that right now because... I'm older, uh, my recovery time is a little bit uh, slower, but mm. at the same time, you become more specific. Um, so the sets that you do do, you're doing better and faster anyway. So yeah, I mean, it, that was the kind of change. Uh, I put on like seven kilograms in Australia, I don't know how. I do know how actually, I was eating a lot of Weetabix and jam uh, <laughs> and uh, a lot of cake. But You try the Vegemite, mate? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh no, don't don't like that. Don't like that. That's Marmite. That's Marmite out here. Marmite. Yeah. Bad, bad stuff. Bad stuff. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Um, but it, it is a mental shift too, right? Like it's it's a, a comma, almost like a mental commitment to be like, all right. B- before, like I, I remember going from a state of like I hope this happens to this is going to happen you know like it's a mental shift of like oh man you know like you kind of i hope i'm world champion i hope i can beat cameron vandenberg i hope i can do this you know it's like you you i hope i can have a great workout today i hope i can have a great season like it's like everything's based around hope you know and then you take that shift and it's like i'm gonna have a great workout today i'm gonna beat cameron vandenberg i'm gonna win the world title it's like you you're just certain things are gonna happen i think so I think so. Um, I never ever saw anyone, uh, n- n- any of my opponents or competitors that I never saw them every day. I saw myself, a better version of myself every day. Mm. Um, so I was like, if I couldn't work harder, I couldn't do it. Next week, I'm like, right, I ain't letting that happen. I'm going to demolish it this week and mm. find my path to that little bit. So it's maybe mm. it's more sleep, more hydration, more stretching, more, you know, we all have oh, these wow. different roads, right? So I never really, you know, saw them. But Mel would be like, she would kind of poke the fire where, say, we had 2100s max, um, and then we had another 100. She would be like, right, there's someone there. There's someone on your tail. Make sure that last 25 is this, uh, this fast. If you're not, mm-hmm. you're doing it again. So that's where, that's where that comes in. But, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you do see the bigger picture. Yes, you want to win. Yes, you want to put that investment forward. Um, but at the same time, it's just honestly be better being better than yesterday, being better than yourself, being the best possible version you can be at a championship. But mm. I remember in t- just before, literally a few days before we went into the village in 2016, that I was having these conversations with Mel and I was really nervous because I think the next day we were going down to the village and that's when it was all going to happen. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really nervous now. I don't know why. I think it's because obviously the amount of work I put in. And she was like, just, you know, be calm, do what you've always done. And, you know, it'll come to you you know instead of you going to it and i followed that advice i was still really fucking nervous <laughs> um go no the night before because mm. in the olympics they do the heats at night didn't they so we had that oh no no they had the heats late in the afternoon early in the afternoon and then really late at night in Rio. and um i was literally where i was like i need to go burn, burn off some nervous energy the night before this is like 8 p.m so I texted my gym coach and I was like, right, we need to go down the gym, just burn some nervous energy off. And then, <laughs> you know, in the morning I went a world record. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes, you know, you've just got to follow your heart and just calm it down, really. I've, I've studied the animal kingdom a, a bit. Like I like, you know, Animal Planet and, and those those types of things. I, I love listening, you know, David Attenborough and people like that, you know. But, um, you know, you see, you see the the top dog in the animal kingdom, you know, like the, the one that you just has a presence. It's like, Oh, that, that's the leader. And everybody kind of like, uh, you know, responds to that kind of aura of the leader. Now I've, I've seen you on pool deck too. And, and I've seen that kind of similar aura. Do you, do you recognize that in yourself? Like I see it in you. It's, it comes across very clearly. Like what well, that's kind of the top dog, you know, like, and you, and you carry that, but do you recognize that in yourself? I wouldn't, I mean, my personality is very, very bespoke in what I'm doing in, in the moment. So, you know, for example, all day I could easily sit down and, you know, be fine and talk to anyone. But when I'm in that arena, something just literally just switches on there. You know, a lot of people call me intimidating. and I'm, like, I'm really, really trying. I'm not trying to be. Um, I'm just 
you know, in my zone, I'm in my flow. I'm in, mm. I don't care what is happening around me. I don't, my environment is not who I am. Um, mm. And I just focus on myself, focus on that performance. And unfortunately, sometimes people think that's very intimidating and maybe that helps, but I don't really notice that. I just, I love working with Mel. I love working and just swimming fast and, you know, getting the results that, no, I, I, I deserve because I work so hard for them. I, I sacrifice everything. Mm. Um, you know, the time with my family that I'll never get back. My boy, I was going, I went to ISL when he was three weeks old for six weeks. Mm. Um, so these are the commitments you've got to make as an athlete. And I'm not complaining at all. I, you, you'd probably do it again. Um, because if you're not going to do it, someone else is going to do it. And mm-hmm. I think I am misunderstood a lot of the time that <laughs> on what if people think I'm thinking, it could be com- something completely uh, simple and plain but I could look very angry and very serious. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the price of success, I guess, that you do create this aura and you do create something which people may be afraid of to approach. But honestly, I think people that know me in the swimming world are, you know, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm just glad to have the opportunity really. Yeah, mate. I saw you on the pool deck in 2016. I was, I, I looked in your eyes. I'm, I'm like, I'm staying away from that dude. That guy is a bad <laughs> man right now. I mean, you, you looked, you look like you're in the zone. So, but you've also had an influence on British swimming, mate. You know, like there was a time where British swimming came across as a little bit weak, and and doesn't come across that way now. There's a lot of boys out there um, at the top of their game, and I think that's your influence. They've fed off you in that respect. Have, have you have you kind of been in that um, mentor role or leadership role? You think for those guys? I mean, again, it comes down to how you perceive yourself. It's going to be very different. Um, I'm sure if you ask someone else, it may be different to what I'm about to say, but I think the best culture is the one that leads by example um, and one that, you know, shows how people how it's done. Mm. So if you focus on the process of, you know, racing and you focus on the process of getting something done, uh, such as a hundred breasts or a 50 breasts, and you dominate, absolutely dominate you know, that event, of course, people in your, you know, on your own team and your own mm. culture are going to go, you know what, I want a piece of that pie mm. because it's competitive. So you become competitive on the international stage, but you become competitive within the team as well, mm. which is the best kind of culture because you want to lift each other up, of course. Uh, but at the same time, there's that, that dog, that kind of fight in you, which is, you know, no, I want, I want exactly what he's got or I want it there. Right. Mm. Um, and you show them that there is, there is no fear. There is no, there is no kind of thing which should hold me back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's well said, mate. I like that. Lead by example. Um, listen, I am fascinated in your breaststroke. I mean, you, you kind of revolutionized it. That People come along sometimes in, in different strokes and you're just like, that's something I've never seen before. Or you just, you take something and you and you take it to a whole nother level. Can you just talk to me about your breaststroke? Because <laughs> it's just fascinating to me. I've, I look at it and I'm like, I can't even, it's so quick. I can't even see what you're doing sometimes. I've got to put it in like, hundred slow-mo to just get get an idea of what's going on down there but um talk to me about your breaststroke itself what, what are you doing um so breaststroke's a very very technical right we know we all know that it's all about time mm. it's all about speed it's all about composure the drag trying to minimize drag trying to get the most velocity you know out of every movement we're doing but i just try and keep it narrow um without being too narrow i try and keep the force nice and fluid um instead of just janking it so i mean 
it's very hard to explain without doing a live demo, but I haven't got a pool in my office, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> but, the, you, know, I, I, you know, these arms, I try and press. It's all about pressing and, you know, whipping them back when you, you can't press anymore and then trying to create a narrow force here. But I was always brought up with the, the kind of, I was, when I was training as a youngster and I was training when I, was, I first met Mel, it's all about speed. It's all about power. It's all about trying to get that rate up, uh, but not losing the stroke. So uh, you see a lot of 50 breaststroke because you see a lot of people, especially short course, that they'll, they'll just rate, 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 rate. But there's no right. power. There's no application. Um, right. So it's all about application of that power and, you know, making sure those legs are narrow, but not too narrow. Uh, you're not doing fly kicks. You're not doing frog kicks. Uh, you're just somewhere in the middle, I guess. And yeah, it's very hard to explain. Very hard to explain. Is this something that you guys feel like you, you, you saw a direction that you wanted to go to and you're like, uh, I think let's head towards there, you know, in, in terms of the narrowness and the speed and the tempo, because you got it to a point where it was just like so fast and so ridiculous, so narrow. And it was just like, you know, no one had seen it done like that. No one was doing it like that. No one was effective. At the, like you said, it, people would just spin. So it was like people thought you couldn't do it like that. So how did you guys get to the point where you actually created this stroke? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just always been there. My natural ability has always been there. I don't think I ever created it. I just adapted and evolved. Mm. Mm. Um, it's, it's one of those, right, that I think a new generation of swimmers is coming through right now. And you see the times that are being posted that, yes, there is a driving force. Yes, there is a, a younger force that are coming through that are faster than ever than with the human race has ever been or the sport has ever been. Um, and maybe they're just evolving quicker now. They're, they've seen what has worked and what hasn't worked. And the coaches have I've seen that too. And we're just working with what we've got a little bit earlier. So that's what I did. I just started a little bit earlier. I've been doing this, right. what, 13, 14 years now. So, well, kind of, uh, you know, 14 is when I, I really tell myself that's when I started to really take it seriously, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, over 14 years of anything, you're going to find the efficiency, you're going to find the work, mm. you're going to find, okay, where do I apply this? Where do I do this? And then you just got to ma match the mindset to that. So I'd never, ever fear, never fear that, you know, I can't never fear a race. For example, uh, some, a lot of people go in there nervous. Of course I go in there nervous, but I don't fear the situation. Um, right. and I, I thrive in that arena and that's why I'll always, always get faster at championships because. I thrive in that, um, and I love it. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com. Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout and get 10% off anything from Vasa. T tell me about your hips real quick. What are you, what are you doing with your hips? Well, what are you trying to achieve with your hips? So trying to keep them as high as possible. Okay. Um, not so much that obviously you're like a reverse triangle in the water, but I think if, if your head position's right, your hips will naturally come up. 
and then obviously your legs will follow that. So I always see the hips as a very vital part of the body in breaststroke because your arms attached to it and they're going to follow, you know, where that power is going. But also with the legs, which is the majority of power in breaststroke, if your hips are down, you're going to be sending that power down. So you try and I just try and surf the water. Mm. Um, and again, it's, it's, it sounds very simple, but it, it's extremely hard to do. Um, and that's why I love two kicks, one pull so much because it helps me just surf and get the extension and a little bit of fitness out as well. If you're doing, you know, hundreds, two hundreds, two kicks, one pull. Right. Uh, what about your head? Tell me, tell me, what are you doing with your head? Every, every breaststroker does something a little bit different. They, some, some keep their head up, some drop their head completely. What do you do? So, I mean, yeah, I agree that everyone has their own strategy. You know, someone like Chuck Cobb on the 200 will keep his head down pretty much on that full stroke and then come mm -hmm. up. Yep. Um, but for me, I always see the head as almost, I like to get it up quick because I like to breathe, but also my chest relies on that bit to, you know, for my elbows to come together and then drive forward. Mm -hmm. But as soon as my hands are through, I like to drop it. I just drop it really. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a heavy head to carry around this one, but <laughs> it's, uh, I like to just keep it, you know, nice and neutral really and not put too much tension through it. Right, so you, so you're actually forcefully dropping your head. It's not like you're you're falling into the stroke. You're you're forcefully dropping your head. I won't say forcefully. It's just naturally kind of going down because it's so okay. so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so quick. Um, well, t tell me about your your legs because I I noticed you know we used to teach you know, bring the heels up all the way up to the butt and that's not where your yours come or unless they're coming up so quick that I don't notice it. But it almost seems to me like you you do a a half kick like you come up and then snap back quickly tell me what yeah you're doing. i mean if you look at the uh, if we look at the videos that we have in british swimming where we we slow it down frame by frame they do actually come up you know quite high okay. i think obviously because in a competition and where most people may see it it may look like a half kick but they do actually come up quite high we try we of course we're making that effort to get there so why not go the whole way and utilize that and it's not like i've got a speed issue so i can always get them up and down real quick um so it is still coming up to the hip you know as much as i can uh but i don't send it outwards i think breaststroke traditionally has you know been up to the hip and then people right. are like this right. I'm like, why would you why would you send the water there it's just it's just ridiculous so when you're coming up it's more of a kind of a obviously your feet go like this and then mm -hmm. it's pushing the water away from the from the from the outset right. um but again, trying to match that on a 50 breaststroke when your stroke rate is 65 is very, very difficult trying to get the power at the same time. But again, you know, people have their own way. And just because this works for me doesn't mean it will work for someone else. Everyone's body shape is pretty much completely different. And, you know, we have different bones, we have different joints. Uh, so we're just, I think swimming in general is utilizing your gifts and your talents and your, what have you been given and finding a way to utilize that and maximize that potential. That's interesting that you say that slip in water because uh, a, a lot of breaststrokers in, in stressful, te tense situations like a, an Olympic Games or World Championships, you know, you have a tendency to pull too hard because you want it so much, right? And but, <laughs> but you, you but you are pulling hard. I mean, so what's the fine line for Adam Peaty between pulling too hard and and getting that tempo to where you want it to to just be clicking at the right right strategy for you? I think. I'm absolutely dead by the time I finish 100 anyway. So I am probably pulling hard, too hard. Um, but there is no way around it. That's just where the fitness comes in. But I think there's a difference between hard and tense. I think tense is the right word that mm. I think you may be looking at that 
you do see a lot of breaststrokers because they want it so much they get tense. Um, mm. But I just stay fluid. I enjoy it. Um, and the last kind of 25 meters, you're absolutely hurting, but somehow you find a way to get through that. And that's where kind of people make or break because, you know, obviously you want it. Everyone wants to win, but how are you going to get there? How are you going to, you know, utilize that for the best you can? Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, uh, you know, how other people do it at World Championships and how they react to it 25 meters. Um, because it's going to be a little bit of a different final. It's going to be a different race. And uh, you know, everyone has their own kind of egg in the basket in that last 25 meters. Yeah. We have talked a little bit uh, about some of the guys coming through. And you, you don't need to be specific with anyone um, individually. But, you know, you've obviously made a it's break. Like a press conference. Boxing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, you, you made a break initially, and then all of a sudden, the rest of the world saw what you're doing, obviously worked on it, made some changes, made some adjustments, put it into practice. And then, you know, the world is creeping up on you a little bit, you know, from that separation. <laughs> now, you're, you're still you're still the man. I'm not saying that. But the separation used to be this big, and now the separation is kind of this big in that sense. So do you feel that? Do you feel like the world is coming up on you a little bit? Um, I mean, swimming is getting closer and closer, I think. No, obviously doing an ISL short course, you see what people's strengths are, you see what you know people are doing. Um, and me and Mal are just working to a thing, okay, how do we go to 56-7? How do we go to 56-6? So, yes, I mean, and the gap is getting smaller in a sense of it's not 1.5, it's not two seconds, it's right. one second. Um, but the amount of people, the quantity of people that are getting down to 58 mid, 58 right. and below is higher. Um, right. So other than Arno, obviously, he's going 57.8. You know, there's a majority of people are going 50, 58.2, 58.3, 58.4. Right. Um, so that's what won 2012, right? That's what Cameron won in London. Mm. Um, but, I mean, it's – where do I see the sport going? Where I think you've got to be very different and approach the sport and approach the event very, very different to even go 57 mid, 57 low. Um, and I think Worlds is going to be – very very exciting and you know for me it's gonna you know kind of prod the belly prod the fire uh fire in the belly sorry not prod the belly <laughs> but i mean it's it's also swimming is is one of those things where, again what i said earlier is the younger ones are coming through now they're looking at okay how do we how do we do that what does adam do what do they do um and people are getting faster and that's where the sport is going as a whole it's happening in freestyle it's happening on backstroke, it's happening on breaststroke, every stroke it's happening, right? So yeah, yeah. It's, and it's an exciting time to be in the sport because sport needs entertainment, sport needs rivalries, people that, you know, people can follow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, a rivalry. So I don't get like, I mean, obviously when people go faster around the world, you're like, oh, that's going to be a nice challenge. I want to work harder, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and people sometimes wouldn't want that because it may threaten you, but at the same time, how I think is that, okay, if more people are going faster, that's good for the sport. That's good for rivalries. That's good for, you know, a championship. That's what exactly what sport needs. If you yeah. look at boxing, what they do well, they, they promote that. They promote the mm. rivalries. They promote the championships. You know, they're going head to head. Who's going to win? And they get everyone involved in that. And, you know, you want to see human performance. You want to see human excellence and make it competitive. Oh, that's good. I like I like that you're embracing that in in a sense. You know, I I, I agree. Look, swimming does need the rivalries, and in, in it can't just be about you know a guy being dominant. It's got to be about a guy, 
being challenged as well. And uh, and I like that there's some young guns coming up. You, you think Arno's kind of the, the guy that's kind of created a little bit of separation and, and getting a little close? Is he the guy that's the most threatening to you right now? Or is you know, threatening is not the right word? But I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's really how you think about it. And if you look at the data alone, yes, of course, you know, 57 eights fast. Um, but I mean, what did Montenegro go? It was 58.2, wasn't it? Nano mm -hmm. went 58 is dead. So it's still 0.2 between them. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Montenegro is younger. You've got Michael Andrew, 58.1. Um, then you've got, you know, I think Ilya at 58.2. So you've got, you got a whole wealth of people going these times. And it really comes down to the championship, right? It really comes down to, you know, who's got the best mindset, who's got the best approach to the sport um, in those moments. Because a February meet where you're going 58.5 is very, very different to a May, June, July, August, where you have to fight for a world championship final in the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I welcome that. I think, you know, the more people that go 58 low, the more that can go into a 57 high. And that's good mm. for the, everyone that's good for the sport. Um, because for me, I'm just trying to look at a way to go back to 56, 57 low, um, again. So the more that they do that, the more it pushes me, uh, because I've right. been in this part and it's been a very, very lonely journey, uh, because once you pioneer something or you create something, which is so different and so unorthodox, I guess, uh, you know, you're like, oh, you know, where's, okay, where do I go now? How do I do this? Because no one else has done it. No one's done it before. Um, and that's very difficult to be in because you have to think constantly of how to get faster and how to create that space. Whereas if other people are going 57 highs, you can look at them and go, oh, okay, so they're going slower there, but they're going faster there. Maybe I'll try that. And maybe that'll be a 56.7. Right. Do you know? So it, yeah. you, I, there was a point in time in my career, yes, of course, where I used to get pissed off or I used to be angry at people going fast. Um, mm. But I don't do that anymore because it's not, it's not logical firstly, but it's also not helpful to me mm -hmm. because you start to go, you start to get tense. You start to think, Oh no, how do mm -hmm. I do this? So I haven't done that really for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, and to be honest, Brett, honestly, like once we all finish our careers, um, you know, you still want to be friends, right? You still want to be friends with those competitors that you've, you know, been competitive with for a very, yeah. very long time. Yeah. So I think there is a, there is a borderline in sport where we do take it very seriously. And I'm guilty of this myself that, you start to create a, a kind of a rift between you because that's just a competitive edge. That is just what you need sometimes. But I don't want to be in a yeah. place where I regret who I was uh, right. for those results. Right. Right. Uh, I still want to create a sport which is welcome and, you know, I want to you know, have a good time. Even sometimes I look like I'm very serious. <laughs> I'm yeah. still having a good time. But it's again, it's sport is one of those things, isn't it? That in the moment we, we, we do anything for that moment. But at the same time, you don't want to be looking back and having any regrets of, Oh, I was an I was a absolute idiot here, or I wasn't very nice here. Right. So that's when it gets personal, right? The personal yeah. ones are the the, yeah, the yeah. hard ones. Right, I got gotcha. you. Uh, we've got a bunch of people watching us live actually around the world right now, and a couple of questions coming in. Um, uh, there's one here, if you don't mind answering this one, from Simon Jones. Um, you know, did you have inner confidence and belief as as an age group, or is this something Mel kind of molded into you over the years? Did I have inner confidence and belief? Um, I always had something in me. I always had a fire in me that, you know, it, I guess it was confidence, but the strongest one was always belief. I think to do anything, to start any journey, whether you're climbing the tallest mountains in the world or 
you know, trying to do 100 breaths as fast as you can or trying to get a promotion or whatever it's going to be. You've got to have a belief uh, that you can do something. And uh, so just because someone hasn't done it before doesn't mean you stop believing there. You, you create, you know, obviously the process, you, you know, have the education or, you know, you learn, uh, you adapt, uh, you fail, you succeed. And that's where you believe from, you know, and that's always got to be there. So even in your darkest hour, you've still got to believe, which is one of the hardest things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I appreciate your time here. And I'm sure a lot of people have got some follow-up questions. Um, actually, you and I are now uh, part of a, a new exciting app and, and I'm actually working for them full-time. Any question now? And uh, people can find you on any question and, and kind of do some follow-up uh, questions on there. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you'll be on it today or tomorrow, but maybe over the next uh, yeah. few <laughs> weeks, you might, you might jump back on there and, and answer a few yeah. questions. Uh, are you enjoying that platform at least? Yeah, it's a really, really good, exciting platform just because, again, obviously through Instagram, everything gets lost. And if you take social media breaks, that also gets lost. Um, but I also find that any questions you're getting a lot more kind of, mostly educated, but more direct questions of what right. you want to know. Uh, and I can provide that. I have, yes, took a little bit of break from my phone, but I might actually mm. do some now after this call. So why not? <laughs> Beautiful. There we go. Yeah, jump on any question, guys. Adam's going to be on there um maybe answering some so i appreciate that listen man i really appreciate your time i know this has been devastating um and that's i think that's one of the things that mel sent me first off is that you know she said you're gutted you know and she she's gutted too like this is a it's not just a hit on you it's it's kind of a hit on your team and 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 everybody's taking it very emotionally but uh listen i i know for a fact you'll be you'll be back stronger than ever and and the good thing is you've got something beyond just the world championships to really aim for. I mean, you've got some really big championships ahead of you. So um, super excited for that. And, uh, and then kind of your run into the Olympics mate, and then your quest for, uh, for that dominance at that, that Olympic games coming up in the next couple of years. So um, I'm a huge fan of yours, mate. Uh, I think you've just done amazing things for the sport. You're a great ambassador. You're well-spoken, you're well put together. You're just uh, an example of um, what, hard work and discipline should be in any sport but um especially now so uh, like i said i couldn't be a bigger fan of yours mate and um thanks for doing this today all right cheers brett thanks for having me yeah mate all right take care good luck with everything all right all right cheers thank you bye see ya event heat lane name of swimmer times and places it's called swim nerd live and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more.